You are listening to Moisture Festival Podcast. Welcome to the Moisture Festival podcast. My name is Matt Baker, and I am a performer and host and comedian at the Moisture Festival. I've been there for about ten years, and my co-host is the magnificent Louis Fox. Oh, thank you. I've, I'm a magician. I host shows at the Moisture Festival. I've been there for about seven or eight years, depending on when you listen to this. And we are here to bring you all things Moisture Festival, folks. And it is an exciting festival. If you've never been to it, you got to check it out. It happens in the Fremont neighborhood of Seattle, and only lasts four. Four weeks. Yes, it's the largest variety festival of its kind in the world. 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 And if you're listening to this during the festival, be sure to buy tickets now because 95% of the shows sell out. That's yes, they right. do. And you can do that at moisturefestival.org and you can even get tickets for the burlesque show that they do that runs for one full week yeah during the months of march and april so be sure to check that out folks if you want to come see some stuff that you will not see anywhere else you're going to want to check out the like Moisture our Festival. like our guest today we have patrick mcguire in the road studio at the jupiter hotel <laughs> in portland oregon yeah we took the the podcast on the road and we talked to him about being one of the Youngest American jugglers ever in Cirque du Soleil. I think he said he was 17 years old when he ran away with the circus. Yeah, and so we talked to him about how he moved to Portland, how he got involved in the Moisture Festival, what it's like to be a juggler over 25 years. Yep. It's a pretty great interview, and we really thank Patrick for coming on in. You want to get to it? Let's do it. All right, folks, welcome to the Moisture Festival podcast, recording on location at the Jupiter Hotel in Portland, room 219. <laughs> and we are very pleased to have a Cirque du Soleil veteran, a world-class juggler, a man who's traveled the world. We have Patrick McGuire in the hotel room. Hello, thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming over. And your bike is beautiful. You rode this beautiful bike over hey, here. That's actually a new old bike for me. Yeah. I like that the tires aren't Schwinn's, they're Schwabbles. They're Schwabbles, <laughs> yeah. Those, are, those came on it when I, when I bought the bike. They're nice. They're German tires. Uh -huh. yeah, they're very, very high end. Now, when we were researching you, lots of amazing stuff came up, and you were in the first show, Mystere, with Cirque du Soleil show, it was the first residency show in Las Vegas? Yeah, it was, it was Cirque du Soleil's first resident show, and I was an original cast member of that show, straight and out of high school. How did they find you? Well, they didn't. I actually, I'd only really been juggling about four years before I landed that gig, so they had... Uh, hired Michael Motion, who, if you're not familiar with, uh, uh, if anybody's seen the movie Labyrinth, mm -hmm. he was the he was David Bowie's hands in that yeah. movie. So uh, he he's kind of the originator of what's commonly referred to as contact juggling mm -hmm. and, and many, many, many other things. He was a big idol of mine, and they had hired him to create an original concept manipulation piece for their newest show. The, that is the show that became a stare. And... Uh, a, he was looking for three uh, people, preferably jugglers, who had experience with rolling balls on their head 
and that were at least six feet tall. So oh. it was very specific wow. criteria. Wow. And I uh, like how like maybe if you maybe not a juggler if you have this well, head yeah. ball rolling experience. <laughs> well, <laughs> dance. That's true. Yeah, maybe maybe yeah, like well, a soccer ball yeah. juggler. Yeah. Could well, do it? D- d- you know, he was looking at dancers first, and 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 he came to the realization that the way the skill was developing because it was very much undeveloped at the time that mm-hmm. he pitched the idea to the circus. Uh, he decided that jugglers would probably uh, have the right aptitude for learning this technique. So, uh, so yeah, so he went out looking for jugglers, uh, and a mutual friend recommended me to him, and he, con- he called me on the phone. I was living in Philadelphia at the time doing my uh, senior year of high school there, and uh, <laughs> I, I got a call from Michael Mosh, and it was out of the blue. It was pretty And this is someone that you looked up to. Oh, very much. Yeah. He had... His PBS special, he had a PBS special, uh, Dance in America, which was a series that PBS did for a while. They did one on him. And it was also soon after he won a MacArthur Foundation grant, which people refer to as the Genius Grant. Mm -hmm. It's like this grant that you you don't apply for. Yeah. Uh, They just... You, here, you do you amazing this, work. Here's some money. Here's some money. It's pretty <laughs> nice, yeah. So anyway, he had just uh, received that as well. And anyway, yeah, I was a huge fan of his work, and so it was amazing to So you're 17 years old. You get a, yeah, what, How does that conversation exactly. go? I, he wanted to know uh, what kind of work I'd done, juggling I'd done, and he was interested in, in you know, you're getting like, a videotape from me. So I sent him a I put together a videotape. Uh, Back in the days of videotapes, VHS. Did you have your mom film it for you? I had already had. I had a lot of different things. Uh I had recently won the uh, International Jugglers Association's uh, Junior Championships. Uh, So you were out there. Yeah, people were familiar with that. You were a talented juggler. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. guess so. and to some degree, yeah, yeah. You know, so I sent him that. He liked that. Wanted to meet me. My mom, my mom, and I took the train up from Philly to New York, and met him at his loft in the Bowery, which he no longer lived there, but it was where he created many of his, you know, iconic wow, numbers, cool. like the triangle. Uh, the triangle was still mm-hmm. in there. There wow. was another artist living there at the time. It was like right upstairs from CBGBs. I mean, wow. it was like he Jeez. was, yeah, he was in it. Anyway, so we met him and. He introduced me to the shape. <laughs> that was the, the apparatus that we used along with a, a child size rhythmic gymnastic ball. Yeah. And he showed me the technique, you know. Like I said, it was very much undeveloped. He just had a few different, uh, a little, a, a small amount of vocabulary with it. Introduced it and he handed it to me and, and wanted to see if I could rotate it. That's the reason for the height. And I said uh, earlier, six feet tall, because he, we had to have a wingspan that was long enough to oh. be able to freely rotate. It's like a it's like apparatus. a welded metal that looks like kind it's of a, a wave. It's a sheet almost. of aluminum, basically cut into a square that you hold like a diamond, and it has an S shaped curve in it. Mm-hmm. Wow! Yeah, it's kind of hard to it's kind of abstract. It's hard yeah. to picture in your head without seeing. So a picture it's a of it. diamond on one plane, and if you turn it sideways, it's kind of S shaped. Uh, if you turned it profile, yeah, yeah, then it'd be S shaped. Okay, yeah. We we uh, uh, we we kind of referred to it as the taco chip after a while. <laughs> okay. I never did, but some, yeah. many people did. <laughs> like we well, taco chip. <laughs> no, I sometimes Our we critics. just we'd always called it the shape. Uh. So, uh, the shape, grab your shape. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, so he, I like I said, I met him. He showed me the, the technique, and I picked it up and played around with it a little bit, and we went out to lunch, and then I got a call saying that he was interested in having me part of the trio. Uh, and that was it. 
yeah, basically, you know, he told Cirque du Soleil that, you know, I was one of the candidates and uh, they were a little bit more on the fence about me because I didn't have any, I, I mean, I had performance experience. You were but a not known a, commodity. A great amount. Yeah, but at that time, and they, and they really didn't seek out known commodities mm. as much, you know, uh, but... I didn't have any movement background, which was a big concern of theirs. So I learned a lot of that, you know, on the job training. Yeah, I bet. Well, you're 17, you're malleable. It's like, you know, you're there. Yeah, I graduated high school, and two weeks later, I was in Montreal working with Michael Motion. (laughs) Wow. And and that conversation was easy. Obviously, your mom was on board. She went with you to New York to. Yeah, I was I was not on track to like go to college mm-hmm. right away. I was I I basically my grandparents lived in Ireland at the time and they're from the US but they retired over there and I was going to go over there and try to figure out what I was going to do next, you know. So this was just Wow, you know, so so you're sort of serendipitous. rust yeah. into being an adult very quickly, right? Like yeah. you, you have a job, was, you have to learn job training sure on the thing, fly. Yeah. yeah, we were in in Montreal for 3 months training rehearsals with Michael and with also Franco Dragone, who was the director uh, of all the early Cirque du Soleil shows, the best Cirque du Soleil shows, <laughs> in my opinion. Uh, yes. Uh, and then in Las Vegas for three months. So we only had f- to, for the creation of the show. And then the show opened right around Christmas uh, 1993. And would that have been your first like big show? Oh, right on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And how long were you in Vegas for doing that show? Two years. So we were there for two years. And during that time, the circus had this, I think, a deal with... This was at Treasure Island Hotel, Mm -hmm. which they now call TI. This was during the kind of... Vegas has gone through so many different renaissances. And this was at a time, early 90s, when they were trying to attract families. Oh, yeah. So they were building all these casinos that were very kind of like uh, amusement park themed. You had the Excalibur, you had the Luxor, Treasure Island, Mm -hmm. you know. There was a short-lived amusement park behind the MGM. Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, they built the New York, New York with the roller coasters and mm-hmm. all this stuff, and and then they discovered that families don't gamble, so they <laughs> switch gears. Yeah. The history of Vegas is fascinating with all and the different. You're 17, 18, 19. Like 18, you're yeah. there in I Vegas. Left, I mean, is that we left three days before my twenty first birthday? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then you took that on the road, or was well, that just... so that show. Is actually they just celebrated twenty five years. That's wow. crazy. You know they were thinking that they were going to be there maybe five years top, whatever. Anyways, you know, as you you know they have like twenty shows in Vegas. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. So, but at the time, you know, it was a very, it was very much in its infancy. No one had ever seen anything like Cirque du Soleil yeah. in Las Vegas. So. Actually, before Mystere got green-lighted, there was a show called Nouvelle Experience, which was in a tent, and they put that up behind the Mirage Hotel as kind of a test to see if uh, Vegas crowd would take to there this sort of... There was a palette for it. To see if they, if they would, you know, like this style of, of entertainment, and, you know, they obviously did. They did, because it was like, yeah, and they made, a lot of then shows. They, they, Steve Wynn, who owned the Mirage, uh, worked with Cirque du Soleil, and then they made the... Mystere show, and then from there it was uh, the O show at Bellagio, which is still running. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's my mom's I, favorite show in Vegas. Beautiful show, it's gorgeous. Yeah, also another Franco Dragon show. Oh, but see, anyway, they had, a, they had a deal. They had a deal that every two years they were going to change a certain percentage of the show. And uh, Steve Wynn hated our act. 
absolutely loved your version he, of he, the circus. Or no, no, the no, whole no. Show? He loved the show. He liked the show, but he hated our act, the oh. act that we did. We were the opening number, and he just did not like it. There were like three things that he didn't like: us. He didn't like the clown. He didn't like a few other things, and he wanted us gone. Like there was this wow. big point of contention where Guy Le Liberté and Cirque du Soleil basically got into a huge fight. When we heard all about this after the fact, like because we were in a thick of it like he wanted us gone like uh, he was like i don't if they don't leave and if these other things don't change i don't want the show yeah and they basically They're said like, we have hey he's 17 years old he works for cheap me. come yeah, on there are three of us but <laughs> child labor laws were, we're going around here yeah, we can pay him less than credit. minimum wage <laughs> we can't take all the credit but it, it, yeah it was a big point of contention wow. and basically the circus said our contract stipulates that we have 100% artistic control of the show and they said, if you don't want it, we'll go across the street to Caesar's Palace. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. they kept the show totally. as is. But two years later, they did change some things. Uh, they, they Basically, they removed us from the show, put in uh, Misha Matorin, who had done the Cube Flying Man Act in Alegria, uh, to be the opening number, because we were the opening number. And uh, then we became part of uh, the show that became Kidam. Oh. A different show. So we did another creation and then went on tour, which for me was a fabulous experience. Totally. I liked it a lot more than Did in, you get to Vegas. have input on the things that you created for Kidam or Yeah, or oh, was yeah. it Michael Motion again? Well it was or? Michael Motion again, but but less so. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was the same technique, but the whole style of the number was completely different. And yeah. we went from being a trio as we were in uh Las Vegas to being a uh a duo, mm-hmm. and, and so there were the, the three jugglers in, in, in excuse me, in Mystere were myself, Stephen Regatz, who has been at Moisture Festival mm-hmm. before, and uh, Jean Bernard, who's uh, sadly no longer with us. Uh-huh. But uh, there were ten years in between each of us. Like I was, you know, approaching twenty. Stephen was approaching thirty, and Jean was approaching forty. Wow! So it was, it, and he had a son my age, and it, there was a lot of <laughs> friction between the two of us. And anyway. Uh, yeah, then it became a duo in yeah. Kidam, and we did that show for three I'm, years. I'm sure that was refreshing, the two. You're kind of doing the same. Are, were you doing the same act over and over again? So, no, many times. Yeah, so yeah. when you go into the new show, times. it's like, finally, I get to like, do we did some a, other performance. Yeah, and I did have a lot more roles mm. in, in the Kidam show. But I did other things as well in Mystere. I did this. I did a four-legged stilt character that I did. Oh, nice. And I also uh, was part of the bungee team. Like, uh, oh, I was cool. up, up in the catwalk uh, as a pooler. So you're not limited to just the one specific routine. Yeah, you're they, sort of doing all ensemble yeah, they, stuff. Yeah, they keep you busy. That's good. It's not yeah. like you bang yeah. out your five minutes, then you're backstage yeah, smoking are, a doobie. Those, well, yeah. yeah <laughs> exactly, yeah. But they, they used to smoke doobies mm-hmm. out beside the tent, you know, the, the, the higher-ups in the company. Uh-huh. And anyway. so, like, when you... No, they don't do that anymore. It's when a lot you more go corporate back, these days. When you go back to your high school for your 20-year anniversary or something, like, what What are the kids that went to your high school? Or even, like, the people thing that with, you know from high yeah, school. Yeah, the like, thing with high school for me, I went to three high schools. Oh, okay. Uh, so, it's, yeah, I we left, I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, mm. and left when I was 16, then did my junior year in uh, the Phoenix, Arizona uh, area, and then my senior year in Philadelphia. So we moved around a lot. Uh, Is that so. your dad in the military, or just actually, you know? I was well, not because of that, but I was a uh, I was born in Germany. My father oh, was, yeah? was in the army on the GI Bill to get money for college. Oh wow! Uh, what base? Uh, uh, it was it was very 
close to the Rammstein. Yeah, Rammstein. Rammstein, yeah. 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 i that base. Yeah. Isn't yeah, yeah. there? Oh, yeah. Ron Bailey grew up? That's yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, he grew up in, yeah, I think Rammstein or Regen, did you say Regensburg? Ron Bailey from Ducanavo. Also oh, right grew on. Up on well, a German of course. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, that. yeah. Oh, That's the, the type of cutting edge. Well, I only lived there for a year. I, I, I was born yeah, there. Okay, gotcha. We, I, yeah. So it was the it formative was year. Short lived. Yeah, very formative year. So you hit the road, you're traveling the world with Cirque du Soleil. Mm-hmm. Oh, so when you're in oh. Kidam, were you in it with Renee Bebo? Yes, I know Renee, of course. Yeah, she lives in Seattle. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah. she's the, Moisture Festival. Yeah, we had her on the, uh, the podcast uh, oh, a couple nice. days ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, so she came in. Uh, when Kidan got started, the skipping rope act, uh, there were no like professional ro- uh, rope skippers in the skipping act mm. And when the show was created. And they decided, I think when we, like six months in after we had gotten to Santa Monica with the show, you know, they're always trying to improve the show. When the shows are created, they're very much in their infancy. And, yeah. and through the years, they mature and they grow. And so they're always trying, especially early on, to make it, you know, better and better. Uh, and yeah, Renee was brought in because she was a professional rope skipper. Yeah. So she came in and she added a whole other sort of element and was able to coach the other acrobats on yeah. skipping technique. Mm-hmm. And anyway, the act just got, you know, I feel like much, much, much That'd be the good gig. You come yeah. in and just, you know, behind the scenes, oh yeah, do this, do this. Do but she was like the coach. I yeah. guess she yeah. was a coach. Yeah. And then, uh, and she was also a performer yeah. in the act. So, uh, tell me, like, how it works when when you stop working with Cirque du Soleil, or is it just an on, it's an always an ongoing? You know, thing? I, I was let's see, I worked with them the first time from the ages of eighteen to twenty four, so it was about six years, and I really didn't think I would find myself back in with the company. I had the opportunity to continue on to go on a European tour. I felt that. I needed to gain experience outside of this uh, this little kind of womb of Cirque du Soleil, mm-hmm. you know? I needed to get yeah, experience absolutely. doing all the things that most people do before they find themselves in a, a big world-class production like this, you know? I needed to grow as an artist, you mm-hmm. know? I needed totally. to struggle or whatever, you know? So I elected to leave and to try out doing my own thing, you know? And, and that's what I did. I did so many different things. First, I got... I had created this act called The Monolith, which was this big uh, interactive sculpture piece, and, and I got accepted at the Cirque du Domain Festival oh, cool. in Paris, and nice. this was in 1999, and we got there, and the day after we arrived, there was a massive storm, which destroyed the tent that the show was going to be in, the whole thing got canceled, and then came back broke, and, and then <laughs> I came to Portland after that, uh, actually. I, it's and a good started, place for a broke artist yeah, to be. It used to be. It's not so much anymore. <laughs> Man, this is very expensive. Yeah, now, but true. It used to be. Uh, I came up here to work at my buddy Ben Schoenberg's oh, yeah. uh, retail juggling oh, shop. Yeah. Serious I juggling. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, no longer here, but uh, he's a, he's from Portland. Uh-huh. And I knew him from Juggling Club in Pittsburgh. He was going to Carnegie Mellon University. Oh, yeah. I knew that. And uh, yeah, I so I came that. up here to help him out at his shop during the, the holiday rush. And as soon as I got up here, I just loved it. Yeah. I came up on my motorcycle. Uh, and it was like right at the fall, you know? And, and I went through that whole winter with just like the these beautiful colors. It's going to be like this all the time. <laughs> and nice. then you hit that winter. I remember like, the first time I saw Mount Hood. I didn't even know Mount Hood was there. Uh, you know, and it just You're like, I've lived away. here for three years. It I didn't know there was a mountain <laughs> right there. It was stunning. Yeah. yeah. It was just It's stunning. a good place to uh, stay inside and practice your yeah. skill, right? Yeah. I started working with Do Jump, local physical theater mm-hmm. company. I actually just did a, their holiday show this past uh, December. 
uh, they celebrated like I don't know what is it forty two years since Do Jump. Uh, yeah, that's their big started. show, right? The holiday extravaganza. Well, there's a lot of little, a lot of big show. They just recently Do Jump kind of went away for a while, uh, and and now the last three years they re-erected, uh, resurrected their holiday show. Oh, cool! And it's been at the Alberta Rose Theater yeah. for the last three years. Yeah, that's kind of my how I got started in in uh, that's awesome. Well, so Portland performing world. It's kind of it's kind of crazy because I like I couldn't imagine like going from this like huge production, so many cast members, and so much like extravagant, extravagant for a bureaucracy. But to be able to be like, okay, I'm, I need to do my own thing and sort of like figure that out. Yeah, you know? well, I'm like, still figuring it yeah. out, especially now. Like because I went, like I've been very fortunate. In some respects, because I had that early on experience mm-hmm. with Cirque du Soleil, and to have that on your resume is kind of like helps quite a bit. Graduating, you know, from an Ivy League school, you yeah, know? It's true. Nice. So, and that's opened lots of doors for me through the years. Uh, my buddy Chris Lashawa, who was the original German Wheel performer mm-hmm. in Kidam, he had an he had a relationship with Cirque du Soleil before that as well. But he did like five years with Kidam, mm-hmm. and then he started his own company called Cirque Mechanics, and that's going strong. And he he has, I think they just produced their fourth show. Oh, they yeah. around wow. yeah, performing yeah. art centers. And yeah. Yeah, it's wonderful. And that's and uh, it, like just a, a stagnant aunt for one, I don't know what you call like a, it's not in the round, in the round for Cirque du Soleil, right? Or is that? Uh, in the three quarter. Three quarter. Yeah, three quarter then, for Cirque du Soleil. And yeah, the proscenium. Proscenium, yeah, that's proscenium, right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, Chris's company, Cirque Mechanics, created a show called Birdhouse Factory, which mm. was their first show. It was a, when they got it started, it was a joint venture with uh, the new Pickle Family Circus in San oh, cool. Francisco. Nice. And Stephen Rigatz was one of the writers of that show, and he was also one of the main characters. Oh, nice. mm. And basically, for many years there, Stephen and I kind of... Uh, flip-flop between performing back with Kidam as the father character and doing a juggling act mm. and being the boss character and doing a juggling act in the Birdhouse Factory. Oh, that's show. nice. And then both of those shows ended up, you know, eventually closing. But I was back with Cirque du Soleil in 2007 for a year and then from 2010 to 2015 back on tour with Kidam. I did the last year of the uh, Big Top, which was all in South America, and then the first four years of the Arena Tour. Wow. wow. And then they closed the show the following year. You got to see the world. I had the opportunity of doing all three kind of Cirque du Soleil business structures (laughs) for their shows, the resident shows. The big top touring shows and then the arena touring shows, yeah. which is the more recent one. Now they, they, up next is directing a show. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, direct, I'm working on my actually my own show uh-huh. is, is what my main focus is right now. Nice. And and, what, uh, where will that be seen at? Ideally, it will be in a theater setting. Music is a big part of my life now. Mm-hmm. I picked up the accordion about seven years ago. I've also had uh, was a percussionist before too. So I try to incorporate music into so music, my dance, juggling, yeah, movement, all these different things, talking, know, physical comedy. You know, I'm such a, a good speaker. I don't <laughs> know, like yeah, you. yeah. I don't have much experience talking on stage. You know, I like to think that I can speak through. The music mm-hmm. and also the the rhythms that I create as I do this rhythm stick thing and mm-hmm. bouncing of the balls and all that stuff and yeah I don't know maybe someday maybe someday I don't think this sh- show that I'm working on now will will have dialogue in it but it, a show without dialogue is is, is ease, more easily toured worldwide because yes of course there's no languages I run no into languages. that problem quite a bit with my show yeah. it's like a very limited where I can perform it at because it's so 
heavy on yeah. talking. Yeah. No, Absolutely. Do you prefer being a solo act or in a group? I like both. Yeah, I, I, I like to collaborate with other people. So in 2004, it was, uh, I got the opportunity to go to Japan. I'd been to Japan prior, but this was like a longer uh, contract. I was there for 11 months doing five 20-minute sets a day, six Jeez, days a week. Wow. Yeah, it was this uh, Dutch-themed resort village called Halstenbosch. What did the one, no, I haven't, but what did the one day you have off look like? Are you just yeah. exhausted? Because, I mean, no, was, you're a pretty physical we performer. We got used to it. We got okay. used to it. Yeah, usually we went to you know, Sasebo. We took the train into Sasebo. Nice. And, you know, had some sushi or walked around, yeah. and, you know. Found this guy that had a nice taco stand. Actually, spoke a lot of English. That was oh, very that's cool. cool. Yeah, it was a fun gig. Anyway, uh, my very good friend Michael O'Neill, uh, who's a clown yeah, here in Portland, Michael, yeah, uh, yeah. he also came along on that gig and was there for seven months. I think he did. Oh, I ended nice. up staying a little bit longer. Well, we put together a show, like a twenty-minute show, and we performed that and. Just really, really enjoyed working together. We had similar sensibilities, but completely different aesthetic. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. totally. And so we did kind of the classic straight man, funny mm-hmm. man thing. He's, a, he's a big, comedy. red-headed clown. Ah. Gray-haired yeah, now. Amazing. He's gray-headed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like me, you know. Yeah. He's great. Yeah, he's yeah. great. And so he's actually going to uh, direct my Oh, my nice. That would be great. He's with yeah. me on that. He, yeah, he got his master's in theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's a smart guy. And so, yeah, we did this 20-minute show. And then uh, when I got back from Japan, we decided to uh, beef that up. Uh, we wanted to start performing on cruise ships. Mm-hmm. So that's what we did. We put a, an hour-long show together. We rented out the Winningstad Theater here, had it filmed, sent that to some cruise agents, uh, got invited to a showcase in Miami, uh, went there on our own dime, did our thing, and the next day or three days later we got a call with a year's worth of work wow wow yeah it's pretty cool yeah and we did that for about a year super gratifying right where it's like (laughs) we put all this work in to we roll the dice to hopefully get something and i'm trying to think on that now because i've been struggling lately yeah i'm after i got back from cirque du soleil five years ago (laughs) it's hard to believe it's been that long so many things have happened yeah kind of went off the rails a bit uh, I have a daughter now. Wow. Uh, uh, her name's Vivian Bloom. Wow. She's going to turn three in a couple Congrats, weeks. Congrats. That's yeah. huge. Thank you. Yeah, That's big huge. news. It's very huge. It's even scary as you got an accordion. <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm, so I'm trying to figure out how I can make a living as a performer and not be away all the time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I got, I got a, a daughter now that I want to be present. Yeah. I you don't want to be, be present gone. in our life. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's. You it's, will. I mean, the thing tough. is, is like you are so talented and your skill level is so high and you'll, you but know. The, it's, there's the business side of things, yeah, you know, yeah. and this is the thing that I, I was never, I, I never learned that in many ways. And I was never it was never forced upon me mm. uh, because I, out of the gate, I was granted this great gig. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. And then I've been riding on the coattails of that ever since. Yeah, but you did earn so, it. I mean, you learned. Yeah, it wasn't you, that I didn't earn yeah, it. But I, I mean, didn't you, learn the business. Yeah. You know, those stuff. And so I'm trying I to think of it as like practice. Out. I mean, you, I mean, to get where you are, you have to have a pretty regimented practice schedule and be pretty thorough about how you practice. Yeah. I think just sort of applying that mentality to. Yeah, you know, making phone calls and sending out promo. That's, the thing. that's what I got to do. That's, that's what I that's talking what doesn't to, interest talking me. to people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Now, didn't you a few years ago? I think before the you had the kid. Mm-hmm. Didn't you go on tour in the summer with a teardrop trailer? 
Did you have a little trailer? Oh, a trail drop. It was a uh, yeah. It, it it was a Shasta Air Flight. Uh, uh, it was a retro vintage trailer. It wasn't actually a. It was a new trailer that uh-huh. looked like an old trailer. And yeah, that. So I left the circus 2015 and. I bought this trailer and its van, and and uh, I was set off for uh, Portland, Maine. I was gonna, I did end up taking workshop with with Avner, mm-hmm. uh, so I did that at the Celebration Barn Theater. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so yeah, that was my and, and my goal was to like live out of the trailer and perform. And but at the time, I I, I was going with I had some internal struggles, and and uh, it just didn't didn't manifest itself in the way that. That I envisioned it would. Ah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So I I, I did kind of do that, but mm-hmm. it, it never really amounted to much. The trailer, I mean, I that trailer was just a lemon. Let me tell you. <laughs> it had in the end, it, I ended up selling it, and it had like seven, like it had like ten recalls. I mean, they just rushed this thing to production, and oh man. Anyway, anyway, that's a whole other saga. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. So what does a, like a typical day look like for you? Typical like, day for me now? Uh, I mean, more like, you know, you get up, you have obviously have a daughter. Is practice, yeah. is practice part of your day? It is routine? very much so, very much so. In fact, before I came here, I spent two hours on the accordion. Mm-hmm. Uh, the music, like I said, the music thing uh, is very important to me. And, and it's also a thing that I think will set m- what I do somewhat apart from what other object manipulation entertainers do, you know, to incorporate the two. Yeah, absolutely. And anyway, I just love it. I love music and I've always used music in my performances. And so being able to create my own music as part of the performance yeah. is, 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 is a very, uh, is your kid learning to juggle? Not yet. Not yet. She's so funny. Three, like, she, you can't, you know, no, you can't do it. She protests anytime I do anything like juggling or play the accordion. She just makes me stop. She's like, Dad, this is not going to get <laughs> yeah. you the girls. She's never <laughs> been interested. Ah, interesting. That means she'll love it when she's an adult. I hope. Yeah. 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 Though she lately, she did come to, to, to the L.A. County Fair mm-hmm. and uh, uh, with her mother. Her mother and I are, are no longer together, mm. but... Uh, they came to LA to uh, visit me as well as as visit uh, some of uh, my uh, my daughter's mother's friends. So, mm. and so she watched. Uh, she was there in the audience, and I looked out, and she was breastfeeding. You know, ah. like, but but <laughs> and uh, but now she wants to watch a video all the time of oh. that performance, which is pretty sweet. And she did come to see the Do Jump. Oh, cool! Holiday nice. show. I'm sure and she loved that. She did love it. Yeah. And she was in the front row with one of her, her best friends, her best buddies, Roro. And they, yeah, it was wonderful. When was you get cute. home, Very does she like, Daddy, you dropped three times. No, she doesn't <laughs> have my, that awareness yet. I brought my yet. friend to, to <laughs> No, show she doesn't off. have that awareness yet. <laughs> no, yeah. I recently, I, last summer, I went out to your show at the L.A. County Fair. Right on. Yes, um, yes. And you might have recognized him. He was also breastfeeding. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky guy. I did see that. <laughs> It was a little awkward, but it was cool. That was you being dragged off in handcuffs, wasn't yeah. it? But directly behind your stage was uh, like a band stage, mm-hmm. and they were having the like the mariachi battle yeah. of the bands. <laughs> I know. And their stage was facing the back of your stage. I know. That's so funny. And he's saying it with a smile, too. Yeah. That was hysterical. Well, it's one of those things, as another performer watching it, like yeah. I'm like, you're a an amazing juggler, probably one of the best jugglers I've ever seen. And I've seen some 
pretty good juggler. Do you, are you ever like, screw this? No, it <laughs> you was, guys don't. <laughs> I've been in Cirque du Soleil for so, 10 no. years. So that was, that was actually only on the weekends. Uh, so we, had, we were there... What were we? we were there Wednesday through Sundays for uh-huh. like a month, and uh, it was an outdoor stage. And this was one of my buddy Chris Lashawa's uh, shows called Boomtown. It, mm-hmm. That was a theater show, and this was, I think was the third year that he had organized circus entertainment for the fair. And so he's been doing something different each year. And so this year he decided, oh, we'll do, we'll take Boomtown and we'll make a, a short. Uh, 30 minute Boomtown version. And mm. there was like seven of us in the show. Yeah. So there was an aerialist. Uh, Rob Kreitz was doing juggling, playing the prospector character. And and so there were a handful of us, and, and we all had our, our little. I did a juggling act, of mm-hmm. course. And, but yes, on the weekends, there were mariachi bands behind us, and <laughs> they were overpowering. They were like, yeah, it was very funny. It's kind of, yeah, I mean, because I perform in a lot of fair at a mm-hmm. lot of fairs, and the ambiance sound is is crazy sometimes. But yeah. I I've never gone from a Cirque du Soleil style show where people are there to see you, and there's all right. this amazing talent, and then you go to a stage where it's like people are eating yeah. corn dogs and like know, the contrast of that. Is that mess with you at all? Or is it oh, just it like it's entertaining for you? Yeah, it's... Uh... Well, one of the differences is that there were a couple people that had speaking roles in that show. Mm-hmm. And it was really like, mm, you couldn't hear a yeah, word you where you yeah. come out and you did your silent thing. Yeah, and, with and the it, music. And it worked. Yeah. Because... Because it was in tune to the mariachi yeah. bands. <laughs> he choreographed like... the mariachi band. <laughs> you know, it's it's... <laughs> They know. They know. The people that are in the audience know that yeah. there's other things going on. Yeah. And and you know, you know, you can sometimes use an inconvenience like that to your advantage, True. as you know. Yeah. As, as, you know, it, it uh, sometimes can make a negative into a positive. Yeah. In this absolutely. case, I don't think it did. <laughs> but so it makes for a good story on a podcast. Yeah, it makes for a good story on a podcast. <laughs> yes, you know, that's, so that's the way it is. I, when we were doing research on you, mm-hmm. you we found an interview of you in your underwear. Right. Now, and we and then so we had to rewind it. You're gonna and there was send a, people to the interwebs here to search. <laughs> yes, anyway to get people to go. Yeah. But I have the Guinness World Record uh, for passing three objects between me and another person, and taking off five articles of clothing and exchanging those articles oh, wow. of clothing without oh. dropping. And I had never seen anyone strip. While doing balancing before, oh yeah. So I was, uh, I was, you know, I was. Little, I felt like I should be a little defensive. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. You know, like <laughs> this was uh, an idea I came up with when I was on tour with Kidam this last time. It was like ten years ago, I guess. Uh, I, I was. We, we had a cabaret that we were doing uh, that the, the the performers in Kidam do each year. At the time, they were throwing a cabaret, just it, more for us, you mm-hmm. know, to do something outside of the show, yeah. creative. Uh, and so I put this little nightclub act together and mm-hmm. included uh, making a, like a cocktail and putting it on a pedestal and balancing that and some comedy that went along with that. And then, uh, yeah, taking doing a strip thing with yeah. the, with the balance and it's great. So it's fun and I, and I do that occasion here in town at different places. It has uh, one hundred and twenty three thousand likes and <laughs> four thumbs downs. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think the numbers are quite well. The thumb down, it might be higher than that, but I don't think the likes are quite up there. All right, so we do we want to take up all your time. We know you have somewhere to be. I got to pick up the girl, the what, daughter. The what? Daughter. Two more things. What are you looking forward to? Outside? You're working on your new show. Yeah. And yeah. being a dad, that's what you're working on. 
I heard that's your true. Okay. <laughs> I'm working on being for the next of my, for the rest of my life. I think um, trying to figure that out. But what 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 else is going on with you? Are you you know like new pro outside of those? You know like something you're striving to a big goal or is that uh, it? The well that that's, getting the show going. Try, I'm tr- getting the show going. And, yeah, and just trying to get some work lined up. You know, I'm very may very well be going back to, as a coach at the Circus Smirkus. Oh sweet, uh, oh, cool. Which I I did this past year. Yeah. Uh, that's something that's uh, I, I'm working, yeah. I'm talking with them about. Uh, when you when you perform at the Moisture Festival, is it sort mm-hmm. of bring back memories of performing in Cirque, like that sort of collaboration? There's a lot of, like, as we work by ourselves all the time, yeah. so it's very unusual to be in like a theater with, oh, with all other people, other performers, <laughs> with other know? people too. Well, yeah, and, yeah, most of the time. yeah, most of the most. Uh, I have done a solo show before. I did a solo show in Mexico. Mm. At, uh, maybe you've done this. Yeah, the the yeah. Playa del Carmen yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah I did yeah, that. Yeah. I did it when swine flu was a big thing. Oh, nice. I heard about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. They can't, like... The all the resorts like went from having you know ninety percent occupancy to like nobody. Oh they yeah, started laying people off. There started all this crime oh, wave hit, and here you are working. And I was down your there. first four, full forty five minute show. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so I have, but I, I uh, but most of my experience on stage has been as being part of other productions. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm used to that. That's yeah. what's kind of normal for me, rather than just me alone. Yeah. yeah. And what do you think of the Moisture Festival? I love Moisture yeah. Festival, absolutely. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I've done it maybe four years, something yeah. like that, I think. I was, uh, I hadn't heard of it uh, until a buddy of mine named Scott Neri, mm-hmm. uh, really funny dude. Uh, Super funny. He, we, we were actually in Japan together. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah, he didn't fit in there at all. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's not an ensemble guy. Yeah, you know? no, and, no. Uh, and he's pretty heavy on the talking. <laughs> yeah, he was, yeah, was hysterical, but... He, uh, he, yeah, Kidam was in uh, Everett, I think, at the time, Washington, uh, Boeing home there, and uh, he was coming through town to be part of Moisture Festival, and that's when I first heard of it, and then a couple years later, I was still on tour with Kidam, and uh, we were in, uh, I think it was Providence, Rhode Island, and Tim First came to see the show. Oh, nice. Yeah, and so I met him after the show, and he basically uh, gave me an invitation that uh, to come be part of Moisture Festival nice. when I got off tour. And so that's what I did. Wow. So nice. I've been coming back most years since. Was he just so there to see you? Or? He was visiting a friend, I think. No, no, not to see me. He was visiting a friend, yeah. He had I a friend there. I've gone to great lengths to get some people there. Yeah. yeah no, uh. no, 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 no. No, he was visiting a friend. Uh. And, and uh, another, I think, Matt Hall is a juggler. You know yeah, Matt Hall, yeah, of course. Yeah. I'm not, not sure if he's been part of Moisture Festival before or not. I think he has. I think he has, I think he has he, yeah. He, we had uh, arranged for him to come on tour with Kidam for a, a week to help uh, the Diablo girls. Uh-huh. Uh, they were traditional Old school, Chinese yeah. uh, Diabolists, and so he came in to kind of teach them some new, new school tricks. I would and, love to have been a fly on the wall for that. <laughs> and so he arranged... For Tim first to come see the show, and anyway, so that's kind of how, how that cool is that? Out, yeah. So. yeah, yeah. Well, it's it, I mean, Seattle's lucky to have you. The Moisture Festival is lucky to have you. Thank yeah. you. Portland's lucky to have mm-hmm. you. Your thank daughter, you. especially, is lucky oh. to have you. <laughs> so sweet. Thank you. <laughs> but so thank much. you so much for coming thank into you. Room Two Nineteen. Yeah, Room Two Nineteen. <laughs> and if people want to find you, PatrickMcGuire dot biz dot biz. Yeah, biz is that's the right. website. Check that's that right. out. See, and the that, that, stripping that reflects your commitment to the business now. <laughs> there is, yeah. yeah, yeah. I had to go with the biz there. It's funny. The biz is not a common 
what do you address and what do they call that uh, a url a yeah. url yeah. yes it's not a common one and uh like if i'm filling out something a form or something i think this actually happened on moisha like put your put your url down you know your web address and you put dot biz in it and more often than not it'll come back saying that is not a valid website. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. it doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most people don't know about that one. So anyway. Well, you're trying to get the word out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you can check out, there's tons of videos of you in Cirque du Soleil performing in different cabarets, some at the Moisture Festival. And strip balancing. And strip balancing. <laughs> yeah, if you do All my name YouTube. juggling, you know, yeah. there's a bazillion yeah. Patrick McGuire. Yeah, and a couple of cool podcast interviews yeah. that you can also. I did one. This is only my second. Po- I did one with Dan yeah, Holtzman, yeah. the Drop Everything podcast. Which I, that one you... was over the phone. And I had never listened to a podcast before that. Now I actually am a regular podcast yeah, listener. Yeah, so yeah, being on great. this podcast is very cool. <laughs> Yeah, well, because I like podcasts. Yeah, well, we really thank you for taking the time and coming thank over you. here, man. I appreciate it. Awesome. I appreciate being invited. So. Thanks, man. Thank you. That's it for today, folks. Want to thank you so much for listening. If you want to check out more information like who's performing, how to volunteer, how to contribute, be sure to go to the Moisture Festival website, which is moisturefestival.org. If you like this podcast, you can check out the podcast that Matt and I do called the Odd and Off Beat Podcast. Yeah. You can get on all of the podcast places, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, and where we talk about weird news stories of the day. It's a good time. Yeah. If you like this podcast, you will love that because it is all things weird. <laughs> <laughs> and that has links to my personal page and Louis Fox's personal page if you want to follow what we do individually. So we want to thank all of the performers, donors, sponsors, volunteers who put Put on the Moisture Festival. It really takes a village to make this thing happen. Absolutely. We want to thank you for listening, and we want to thank you in advance for coming out to the Moisture Festival. So be sure to check out the Moisture Festival's site. They also have a Facebook page, an Instagram page, and a YouTube page to see how you can get involved and be a part of this year's or next year's Moisture Festival. We want to thank you so much for listening to today's podcast, and we hope to see you soon. See you later. Thank you for listening to Moisture Festival Podcast and stay moist.